Good morning, St Saviours. Today we have two readings, both from Matthew. The first is from Matthew 5, verses 38 to 49, and the second is from Matthew 18, verses 21 to 35. You have heard that it is said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard it said, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? And not even the tax collectors doing that. And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And Matthew 18, verses 21 to 35, the parable of the unmerciful servant. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he, his wife and his children and all that he had to be sold to repay this debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me. He begged, I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me. I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay that debt. When the other servants saw what happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you, unless you forgive your brother or your sister from your heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for reading that so well those um, two passages from Matthew's Gospel 
and they're, they're great passages to read on Remembrance Sunday. The sort of theme that runs through all of them and ties them all together is this theme of mercy and forgiveness. And forgiveness is such a big subject, it's a massive subject. Forgiveness is the thing that brings an end to conflict, which we're particularly thinking of and remembering this morning on Remembrance Sunday. It's the only way we'll see peace and an end to wars. Forgiveness is right at the heart of the Christian faith. And forgiveness is probably the hardest thing that you and I will ever have to do. This morning I'd like to suggest that when we embrace this power of forgiveness, it has the potential to transform your relationship with God and your relationship with each other. So before we continue, shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of forgiveness. And we thank you for your word this morning. And whether, wherever we are in this journey of faith and wrestling with the subject of forgiveness, we pray that you would speak to each one of us this morning by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. So in our passage this morning, Peter asks Jesus a question. And Peter thinks he's being clever. He offers to forgive not once, not twice, not three times, but seven times. And the question he's really asking is, at what point in my life can I stop forgiving? Where, where's, where are the boundaries? When can I actually stop forgiving? And Jesus then tells this story to try and explain something of the nature of grace and forgiveness. And Jesus says this. He says, if you follow me, forgiveness, grace, compassion, and mercy and forgiveness are a way of life. There's no boundaries. This is the way of life you've signed up for. And I think there's three things about grace and forgiveness which we can sort of learn and encourage us in our faith as we read this passage. The first is this. Forgiveness is a gift for you. Forgiveness is a very valuable and precious gift that is for you. In our passage we read this. A man owes the king 10,000 bags of gold, and he was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he, his wife, and his children, and everything they had be sold to repay the debt. And the servant falls on his knees, and he says, be patient with me. He begs, and I'll pay back everything. And of course, he owes so much, he's never going to be able to pay it back, really. And the master says, he takes pity, he takes pity on him, and he cancels the debt, and he lets him go. And this servant deserves to be punished. He owes more than he could ever repay, but he's totally forgiven. And if you've given your life to Jesus this morning, you have the same security that you are totally forgiven. This is the good news of the gospel. This is why it's so precious and so valuable. No matter what you've done, you have been totally forgiven. Last Monday, last week on Monday, there was a football match. It was a crazy football match. And the team I supported were playing against their rivals. And they went in at half-time. Players had been sent off and goals had been disallowed. And everything was array. They totally lost their head. And going into the second half, there was no way my team was ever going to overcome this mountain after having down to nine players and goals against them and their best players being taken off, but injured. There's no way they were going to overcome the odds. And um, if you um, are a follower of football, you'll know there's been this massive controversy over the last few months about VAR, Virtual Assistant Referee, that everything is scrutinised, 
every goal that goes in is not, hasn't been in, or every goal that didn't go in, then they sort of scrutinise it, so that goal was in, whether it was a handball, or whether the ball was over the line, or whether there was a foul before the goal was scored, everything is scrutinised, and decisions are being overturned again and again and again. Well, last Monday, when I was watching that match, I was thinking, wouldn't it be great if the virtual assistant referee, the VAR, stepped in there and overturned everything that happened in the first half? Why the slate totally clean? So the goals that went against us were taken back, the players that were sent off were brought back on, all the decisions that went against my team would be overturned. And of course, that didn't happen, and we went on to get thrashed. And you know, we, got, we got beaten yesterday, so it's not been a good week for my team. But you know what? God is like VAR. He is the virtual assistant referee. Every mistake you've made, every decision which was bad, every time you've fallen, every time you've imploded, all those mistakes, God is the one who comes on and overturns all those decisions. He wipes the slate clean. You are totally forgiven. This is the role God has in our life. doesn't matter what we've done or what mistakes we've made. We come to him, we confess, and he wipes the slate totally clean. In Romans 8, the Apostle Paul says the same thing. He says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. You are totally forgiven. Anything you've done in the past, anything you might be doing now in the present, or anything you might do in the future, when we come to God and offer them those things, he wipes the slate clean. We're totally forgiven. Because of Jesus, because of the cross, because of God's love for you, you are totally forgiven. That's the first thing. It's a gift. Forgiveness is a gift for you. That You have the security. There's nothing that you've done that can't be forgiven. So that's the first thing. Forgiveness is a gift for you. And then secondly, forgiveness is a gift to be shared. It's something we share with others. That's the title of this talk. Release what you receive. And it's how Jesus taught us. It's how Jesus taught us to pray. He taught us the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. He teaches us to be people of grace and forgiveness. And when you read through all the Gospels and all Jesus' teachings, he says this again and again, doesn't he? You take the speck out of your own eye, take the plank out of your own eye. You know, forgive your brothers if they have forgiven you. If you don't forgive others, you won't be forgiven. He says this again and again, that we're called to share this, this gift, this valuable gift of forgiveness. Freely we receive. Freely we give. And these two things go together. Forgive as others have forgiven you. You know, I love children because they get this. We don't get this. I don't get it. I'm terrible. But children just really get it, don't they? When my, my kids were small, they'd come home from school, and then you say, how was your day? And they say, it was awful. Billy smacked, broke my pencil. Billy was mean to me in the playground. Billy kicked me or pushed me over. Billy threw my water bottle. And then the next day, you say, well, how was your day at school? He says, brilliant, me and Billy were hanging out. I said, hang on a second, is this the same Billy? It was your worst enemy yesterday. And he'd say, yeah, catch up, Daddy. It's like, it's my best friend today. That was yesterday. Kids are so good, aren't they? They just forgive, they make friends, and they move on. Something about us as adults, that we struggle to do that. It's something about the servant that he struggled to do that. Not so with the servant in this story. Verse 28. When the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. And that's such a key verse. He found one of his fellow servants who owed him. The reality of life is there will be always someone 
that owes you. If you think you can get through life without people hurting you and owing you, that's not realistic. This is the reality of life. He found someone that owed him. There will always be someone that owes you. There's always going to be someone that hurts you, that lets you down, someone that you need to forgive. That's the reality of life. It doesn't mean you have to be best friends with them. Sometimes it's wisdom to remove ourselves from the situation. And there may be someone here this morning or someone who's watching this online that horrendous things have happened to you or you've gone through something which is so terrible and so difficult. But when we talk about forgiveness, forgiveness is not minimising what's happened to you. Forgiveness is not about us taking the blame of what's happened to us. Forgiveness is not overlooking that someone's hurt you. It doesn't change the past, but forgiveness changes the future. We forgive not because others deserve it, but because we have been forgiven ourselves. That's how we live. We've been given so much, that's why we forgive. Not because others deserve it, but because we are forgiven people. So forgiveness is a gift for you. It's a gift to be shared. And then lastly, forgiveness brings freedom. Forgiveness is the thing that leads us to a life of freedom. In verse 34 of the parable of the unmerciful servant, it says this. In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. One minute he was free and he judged someone else. Then in the master's anger, he hands him over to be punished. And the way we often read this passage is that you and I have been forgiven by God, but if we don't forgive others, then God's going to punish us. But that's not what is happening here. The servant has a choice. He's living under law and judgment, and he deserves to be punished. It's a debt that he can't pay by himself. And in the master, the king, the, the symbol of God, is full of grace and mercy and love and compassion, and says there's a better way of living. Instead of living under judgment of the law, step away from that and live under grace and forgiveness. And the, the servant begs, and he says, have mercy on me. And he steps away from that way of living to this new way of grace and forgiveness, living under the grace of God. But then he sees someone who owes him something, who, who's, who's hurt him, who's done something wrong. And instead of just living under grace and forgiveness, he chooses to step away from that, to step back into this place of judgment and law, and say to this guy, you owe me. You owe me, repay, you need to be punished. But the moment he does that and steps away from grace, steps back into this place where he's under judgment and law, then he has to be judged by the same standards. It's not God that's punishing him. God has provided a way for him to live by grace and mercy and compassion, but he chooses to step back into the place of judgment and law. And he is judged by the same way as he judged others. There's no grace in this place. He doesn't show grace. There's no grace for him because he's chosen to step away from that. You and I have a choice to live by judgment and the law or to step into grace and forgiveness which Jesus provides us by the cross. That's his invitation, but it's our choice. Where are we going to stand? Where are we sitting? What are we receiving? Are we going to be people of grace? Are we going to be people who live under judgment and the law and then we're judged the same? God's invitation through Jesus is choose grace and freedom over anger and hate. 
choose forgiveness. Whether you need to forgive or whether you need to be forgiven, forgiveness leads to freedom. We don't have to do it on our own strength. We just need to be willing and say, Lord, okay, it's hard, it's difficult, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to have the will to do it. And I just pray that you fill me with your spirit and that you'd soften and shake my heart. We don't have to do it by our own strength. We're going to pray about this um, a bit later on in the service, but I just wanted to finish just sharing you um, a little story. Just over 10 years ago, I was in South Africa. I was at a friend's wedding, and um, it was my first time there. I was the best man at the wedding, and we did some of the tourist stuff, and we visited some spots around Cape Town. And one of the places we visited was a place called Robin Island. And if you don't know Robin Island, it used to be a prison. It was where Nelson Mandela was in prison for most of his life. And we were taken around the prison. Our tour guide was a former prisoner, someone who had served in Robin Island and had um, suffered under some of the brutality from the prison officers. And as we were going around Robin Island, he showed us the cell which Nelson Mandela spent decades of his life in. He showed us the chalk pits which they chipped away the chalk which made them go blind. And he showed us his home. He had now has a house on Robin Island and he lives next door to the prison guard who was his prison guard when he was there in prison. And one of the, the tourists on our sort of tour said to him, wow, are you guys living next door to each other? Prison guard and prisoner. Are you guys best friend? And he said something which kind of shocked me a bit. He said, um, we would never be best friends. He said, but for our children, our grandchildren, and for our nation, I have forgiven him. And we're now neighbours. And these two men who once were bitter, sworn enemies, one was the victim, one was the oppressor, are now living next door to each other, living in forgiveness. It's a choice. But they chose freedom, grace, and love over hate. And that's the power of forgiveness. It's the power to reconcile whole communities and nations. It's the power to reconcile communities. It's the power to help us live in freedom, choosing freedom and grace over anger and hate. And the good news in all of this is you don't have to do it yourselves because in our strength we'll always fail. Our hearts are hard and we struggle from things we've been through. But the good news is you don't have to do it by yourself. We just allow the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and do the rest. Our job is just to say, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing to try and forgive. I'm willing to say I forgive. That's my will. But would you then come and take care of my emotions and the practicalities? And as the Holy Spirit fills us, we find it starts to shape our lives and soften our hearts. And that's when things come together. That's when there's reconciliation. That's when we begin to live in unity and freedom. The good news is you don't have to do this by yourself. And Jesus says, don't choose to live under judgment and law. Choose to live under grace and freedom and share that grace and freedom with others. And as we do those two things, that's when we find true freedom. It feels like a weight's been taken off our shoulders because we're handing this over to God and we're saying, Lord, if people need to be judged, I'm going to trust you by faith that you'll be the judge. If people need to be healed, I'm going to trust you by faith that they'll need to be healed. You know, someone said to me the other day, hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. So often people need to be 
mended and healed and restored as we all do. But that's the choice. Amen. If you're able, would you like to stand? In a bit, we're going to, um, after communion, we're going to have an opportunity for us just to, just to pray, just to wait on the Lord, what he might want to deal with this morning. And we'll have some people, a team on side, who will, will pray. If you're carrying something and you think, actually, I need to forgive or I need to be forgiven, or there's something that's going on in your heart. And, and the truth is, when we carry these things, we're the ones that it weighs down. But now we're going to worship the Lord and then we're going to move into communion. So let's worship God. And if faith can move the mountain, then the mountains move. We come with expectation, waiting here for you. Waiting here for you with our hands lifted high. Oh, we need is you. 